Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your Chakra Coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, everyone. How's it going out there? You good? I'm doing pretty well. It's a busy, busy time of year for a lot of people. So, as always, I encourage all of us to not give up on our self-care practices. It can be really easy to do everything else for everyone else and neglect your needs. But I promise you that if you spend just a few minutes every day on yourself, your ability to support others, the people you love, or to do your work, or to do all the things that you want to do, all of that will improve and be easier and less stressful if you take care of yourself. If that's meditating, doing yoga, going for a walk, some other kind of exercise, taking a bath, making a nutritious meal, whatever that is that makes you feel good and cared for, do it. All right. We talk on this show all the time about the highest self. I mean, that's kind of the whole purpose of what we do here, right? To lead us closer to our highest selves. And I realize that means something different for everyone, but I do think there are some broad similarities, even if we differ in the details. For you, it might mean creating and developing a spiritual connection with God or the divine. I have heard people say that their highest calling is to help others. For me, it's getting closer to that place where I stop seeing us all as separate, where I see myself as part of the whole and everyone else too where I can go beyond the physical plane and know, not in my brain necessarily, but deeper than that, just really know that it is all the same. Every person, plant, animals, even objects, that the world, the the universe is like an ocean. And we are just the drops. We are the waves. Interesting and distinct, maybe, but in the end, indistinguishable from the whole. Now, I'm a pretty long way from there, but that's what I see as my highest self. And along the way, I'll do lots of things because I'm still a part of the universe, so I can't ignore my responsibilities here. Now, take a look, take a minute to think about what you feel your highest self looks like or feels like. It's okay if you don't know exactly and just kind of have a a sense of where you'd like to go. (laughs) Or even if you don't. I mean, part of the, the challenge of this work is doing the intellectual work and then letting it go and exploring the direct experience of connecting with the greater you. I wish, I wish I could spend all my time just thinking about it and that would get me there. Of course, that wishing then starts to hold me back. We've talked about this before, that it's that delicate 
balance between holding on and letting go. Knowing where it is you'd like to be and then letting go of any attachment to getting there. Sometimes that's called clinging or grasping and it it tends to just push away the, the higher vibrations or sensations that we want. Because wanting, desiring, is suffering. I mean, see what I mean about delicate? Now, fortunately for us in the modern world, lots of people much farther down the spiritual path than we probably are have left us some guidelines, some ideas on how we can attain whatever it is that we consider our highest selves. Not religion exactly, although that works for some people, more universal than that. And I want to talk about one of them today. Uh, These come from the practice of Ashtanga yoga. Now, don't worry if you're thinking I mean a physical yoga practice where you do postures and such. That's just a, a part of it. And you never have to do that part if you don't want to. Ashtanga just means eight limbs. And it refers to the eight parts of the path toward yoga. Yoga, which means union, not stretching. The purpose of yoga, union, is to calm your mind. The purpose of a calm mind is to open the doorways to the higher self. So it's just eight parts of a path to joining you to your highest self, whatever that is. I hope that makes sense. The the posture part, what we think of when we think of yoga, like yoga class, is actually the third limb. And if you're practicing a a physical asana yoga practice, great. It's part of the path. Now, it's part of the path. This is not a sequence that has to be done in order. Today, we'll talk about just one part of one limb. Uh, I don't want to get too into the weeds on this. Uh, Sometimes I worry that it can feel overwhelming. We can feel like we just want to get there, wherever there is, and, and do it fast. But I hear over and over again that people don't know where to start. So my aim here today is to give you a place to start. And that's with the first limb of the Ashtanga Yoga system, the Yamas. There are five parts to the Yamas, but we won't cover them all today. The Yamas are ways to live well, ways to interact with the world in harmony, ways to feel connect rather than disconnect. Sometimes you might hear the Yamas called moral codes, And that's probably an accurate description, but the word moral can be so loaded. The yamas aren't about me telling you what to do or what not to do, or about anything but you living with awareness, allowing you to open yourself to a rich, fulfilling life free from unnecessary suffering. The yamas seek to release us from the things that take us away from our highest self, to help us live in ways that are ethical and in sync with the universe. And living in alignment with the yamas is a huge step toward 
letting go or restoring any imbalances in your chakras. So, of course, we'll talk about that too. Yama can be translated to mean restraint, which can feel really bad in our Western way of thinking. I know it did to me when I first heard it. You know, restraints? Uh, You can't tell me what to do. But after some time and reflection, I, I came to see that we already put restraints on ourselves. And these were restraints that I could use consciously and intentionally to live better and more peacefully. I mean, I don't freak out over the restraint of driving on the right side of the road in the U.S. That's a restraint and I do it and it's fine. It helps me live safely and it helps others live safely. And that's all the yamas are. So <laughs> so everyone out there with a mini rebellious streak like mine, don't, don't worry. We're going to be fine talking about these restraints. The first of the five yamas is ahimsa, which translates to nonviolence. Now, I think most people listening to this podcast would not consider themselves violent people. We don't attack people. We don't abuse our kids or partners. We're not violent. But ahimsa goes deeper than that. It's physical, emotional, mental, and even spiritual violence. Physical violence towards others is fairly easy to spot and what we frequently think of when we think of violence. Turning that inward, though, we can also self-harm, and that's violence. Again, mostly easy to spot in a very traditional way of thinking, uh, self-harm. But what if, we, what if we expanded our view of self-harm to include more? I spoke to my yoga class the other day, um, physical postures of yoga class, yoga, uh, the other day about ahimsa, including pushing ourselves too far in a pose. Not finding our edge and then softening around it, but pushing ourselves to satisfy ego. That could lead to injury, which is violence. Not purposeful violence, maybe, but certainly not living in harmony with our bodies and the world. Something like this is a solar plexus chakra imbalance, where we can't be satisfied with what is pushing and reaching for more, being too aggressive with our bodies. It might also be found in root chakra imbalance, the need to prove our worth, our right to exist. Beyond yoga postures, but anything really, do we burn ourselves out, foregoing sleep or self-care to show the world that we're, we matter, we're busy, to the point of, of hurting our bodies. We don't function well when we don't care for ourselves. Another way we can cause physical violence, physical harm to ourselves is a little sensitive for some of us. Is it self-harm to consume food and drinks that we know don't serve our bodies well? Is it self-harm to eat too much sugar or drink alcohol? Do we allow violence to happen to other beings on our behalf? These are 
are simply questions that we can ask ourselves as we're on our path. I can only answer them for me. You'll have to answer them for yourself. But if you're like me and you have strong reactions to even being asked the questions, try finding some space and curiosity around them rather than anger or frustration or irritation. Be interested in your answers to the questions without immediately putting a judgment on them or yourself. Emotional violence. This is another aspect of this yama that can at first seem simple, but when we really dig into it, we find it isn't quite as simple as we thought. Emotional abuse, yelling, belittling, insulting, name-calling, gaslighting. Those are all clear examples of emotional abuse. Living with this abuse or putting it into the world, both, both of those move the sacral chakra out of balance. So if we're engaging in those behaviors, we can stop and boom, instant lift to our vibration. But we have to stop all of it. It's easy to think about this in terms of close relationships, but what about when we're rude or inconsiderate to strangers? Is it emotional violence to yell at a store clerk or a restaurant server? Are our heart chakras out of balance, causing us to see some people as other? Do some people deserve to be belittled? And if we do, are we practicing ahimsa? Are we living in harmony with the universe? How about the emotional violence we do to ourselves? Pause today and listen to the thoughts you have about yourself, to the things you say to yourself, even if quietly to yourself inside your own head. Negative self-talk that insults us, insulting ourselves, is just as damaging, if not more so, than the things that other people say. Because we take what we think as absolute truth, even when it isn't objective truth. That's, that's a throat chakra issue, and I think it's huge in our culture. We live in a world where it's okay, I mean, almost encouraged to lower our status to make others comfortable or to conform to an arbitrary standard. I'm suggesting that every time we engage in that behavior, we are committing a violent act, an emotionally violent act against ourselves, our psyches. And that isn't in any way leading us closer to our highest self. And emotional and mental violence are close neighbors. Emotions and thoughts are very closely linked. So if we think thoughts that cause emotional harm, we might also be causing mental harm. Mental harm is going to affect the third eye chakra and even the crown a little. Those spaces in our heads where we imagine that thoughts come from. Mental violence, mental abuse is going to affect our ability to see clearly. And if we aren't Seeing clearly, how can we follow our spiritual path? How can we truly be our highest selves or even get close? And to 
briefly touch on spiritual abuse. In my opinion, this is closely connected to a punishing dogma, to rigid spiritual rules that define the value of a person based solely on what they believe or, or do in context of those beliefs. Which is why I'm going to encourage you to think about what we've talked about here. Explore your own thoughts and feelings around ahimsa, around nonviolence. Explore what resonates with you. And know that it could change over time. I know it has along my own path, and I, I expect it will continue to change as I grow and see things more clearly. Maybe that will be the same with you. If you'd like to explore practicing ahimsa, first examine where in your life you might be experiencing violence or perpetrating violence and see what comes up around that. Maybe right now you don't even believe that it's something worth practicing. No worries. No worries. We're just here to have conversations, to talk about all things chakras. Maybe you've never thought about this before. All okay. For me, I think the practice of ahimsa is important in my chakra balancing work. I mean, I I think I mentioned all of the seven major chakras just in this episode, just around this one topic. And I think that it's important in my overall work on myself as a human being. So if you're wondering where to go from here after you do some self-reflection. I think I'll post a few prompts on the, on the Your Chakra Coach Facebook page and Instagram this week. Just some questions that you can ask yourself and some experiments you can do in your life, maybe some journaling, just to get a good understanding of what non-violence might look like in your life. So if you're not already Be sure to follow me there. Facebook, Instagram, both uh, Your Chakra Coach. So as always, I appreciate all of you so much. I love your energy and your time and your feedback. It it really just, it means the world. If you want to support the show, you know you can go over to the Patreon page and search for Your Chakra Coach. If you feel like the show is worth even $3 $3 a month to you, you can help me make it week after week. I hope you have a wonderful week, free from harm and full of peace. All right. Love y'all. Bye.